Do you know someone struggling to figure out their mental health benefits? The Mental Health Insurance Assistance Office is here to help. Find us at insurance.ohio.gov slash G-E-T-M-H-I-A or call us at 855-438-6442. Don't wait. The Mental Health Insurance Assistance Office can help you figure out what mental health insurance benefits may be in their plan. Call us today at 855-438-6442. Sofas, recliners, love seats, everything is better in leather. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley, where bold meets durable. And wait a minute, who's been finger painting on the couch again? That's okay. Leather is easy to clean. The new leather collection at Ashley is built with the durability you need for the whole family. Yes, pets too. Luxury is meant to be livable. Shop chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. There's a lot of unrest in this country right now, and there's yes, a lot of stuff is. going on. But Marcus really reminded me of something that I, to be honest, I feel like more people need to focus on during this time period. What's that? Um, Marcus talked about the, there is a select group of people in this country that are very, very, they are disappointed uh-huh. and they are, I'm going to say, disenfranchised. Uh huh. By by their load size. By their load size. <laughs> Is it laundry loads? They don't have enough clothes to fill a laundry machine? What do you mean load size? Um, dog meat? Semen X. Semen X. We're talking about limited amounts we, of cum. We open our show, which we have ads. Right, yes. Ads that we've sold. Sure. Um, with an ad. This is how Marcus talking about it. Marcus pitched this to us. He's like, he I literally is just like, we all come in. We're all be like, oh, police brutality. Oh, deal with all the shit. Marcus is like, what if we made all of our loads bigger? Right. And I, was like, bigger. Thank you I feel like my character is being maligned at this moment. I feel like that oh, Henry right. is painting it like I care more about cum. Then what's going on in this country we right all, now? <laughs> we can first of all, we and can care not. about multiple things at once. We can. Uh, if you are, if you do suffer from limited cum, Marcus did make us aware there is a product. It's on Pornhub, advertised right now. It's called Semenex, and they did do a great demonstration. They did a great demonstration where they put two shot glasses next to each other and say, "Guys, with regular cum, come like this." And then they put it one. They poured it into one shot glass. And like, you want more cum? And then they just kept filling. The other shot glass and with a cum like substance. Um, it's merely a part of a conversation. It was a part of the research process in which I saw this, and we'll talk about it later. I don't Do know you? who needs more cum. Either way, this is last podcast on the left. Relax, Ben. I am Ben with Marcus. Obviously, Henry as well. Yes, yes, obviously I am here. but I, And I think it's important because if we can, ex- I feel like, because female orgasms get to last for like a minute or something. If we can well. extend the male orgasm to past when racism is beaten. Sure. We can actually maybe save this country. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, orgasms and love and sex are wonderful things. And indeed, it can bring a lot of peace. 
This episode, obviously, as we've alluded to, there's a lot of uh, problems going on in the world right now, a lot of problems in the country. If you want to listen to uh, Henry and I discuss this, you can listen to Side Stories, Abling It's Top Hat. We're going to keep you up to date on what's going on uh, with all of the social unrest and all the politics involved in what's happening. But this episode, we really wanted to spread some joy, spread some laughter, and remind all of you, laugh, laugh, laugh. It's the thing that can cure us all. Uh, like that? It's also... Because that's how I rely. That sometimes I'll do that to kind of get it out. Like I'll go, <laughs> but you know, you sound like the main. Just, you sound like the main villain from. I think it's called Minions. What the hell is the name of that dumb cartoon? Despicable Me. Yes. Yeah. 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 I sound like the police commissioner. Yes, indeed. <laughs> it is also the ten year anniversary of our first show that we all did together called yep. Roundtable of Gentlemen. Uh, rest in peace, Kevin Barnett, Bird Luger, R.I.P. Forever. So this episode, uh, Marcus wanted to bring us back a little bit and share a few stories that are stories that we definitely would have talked about on Roundtable. <laughs> and I'm assuming cum will be involved once again, yeah. if not the size of different animals' genitalia. Well, that's exactly how I got to the. That's how I got to the semen app because I mm-hmm. had to check out the work of a person that we're going to be talking about in one of these stories. But okay, I, but ben, is that I, what you tell Carolina? <laughs> I had a conversation with Carolina about semen and she said you don't need any more. Interesting, a conversation. Wow. <laughs> but Ben, I can't. I can't do the news story until you you bring me in. I don't even remember how I used to bring you in. And now and now for a story from newsman Marcus Parks. I think that's it. That's right. it. I think I believe so. That's it. Spanish porn star Nacho Vidal is under investigation for manslaughter after a man died during a ceremony involving toad venom. Oh, what now, happened? This, this story came out. Like, I hate it when we do side stories and something like this comes out like the second after. It always does. (laughs) It's me and you're like, God damn it. Now, I'm looking up Nacho Vidal right now. What does this guy look like? Is this a... Have we seen this guy? Nacho Vidal, he's like a Rocco Sofredi type. I don't know who oh. either of those people are. I don't focus on the men. <laughs> the problem with right, the so men what? is that all I ever see, you know what I hate about male porn stars is the balls with the seam. <laughs> yes, You know of what course. I mean? Like the big, horrible, taut, like brown, gray balls that look yeah. like they're, they were sewn together by the fucking Dr. Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's it's never good when your balls look like it could be a, a character from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, <laughs> I also saw a pe- I saw a penis so big the other day. Uh, the balls were on the top. I swear to God, I don't know how that happened. But okay, okay so he's known from I because I want to get into the details of this case because I'm not exactly certain what happened. I know that he's done scenes for Tushy. Mm-hmm. He oh. did a movie called Anal in the Dark, which that's got to be dangerous because how do you find it? <laughs> uh, I'm just sticking back from here. Oh, Big Tit Cream Pie 36. Oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Nachos, of milkmaids, love those girls. I hopefully they all had fucking insurance. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and he's a part of the Spanish porn scene. And I started getting into the Spanish porn scene and what sorts of awards they give away. You know, of course, the, the Spanish have avians just like we do. Sure. It's called the Ninfas. Oh. And in 2000, the best Spanish film, Bulls and Milk. Bull, mm. Bulls and Milk. Which Someone's was followed- been taking semen X. <laughs> I feel like that's what it comes down to. Is that if you could make it look like a whole bowl of milk and then have a bunch of cats around it, I think that you're making too much semen. I would yeah. think so. And I also, I definitely want to watch the 2003 winner for Best Spanish Film, Hot Rats. 
See, now, neither of those are attractive titles. But what about Serial Fucker 5? Well, now, why would you have sex with cereal? Is somebody <laughs> dressed as Captain Crunch? Is it, it, is it little people uh, that are snap, crackle, and pop? What is happening here? Well, Vidal and two other individuals were arrested on May 29th. They were arrested on suspicion of manslaughter following an 11-month investigation. Damn. The Damn. actual death happened last June. All three released provisionally and investigations continue. Police have not named the man who died. The names of the other two people, a man and a woman, who were arrested along with Vidal, were not made public. These people were involved in a large ritual. Like, it was supposed to be some sort of, like, shamanistic ritual. The Spanish porn star was the shaman. Okay. And... One of the guys involved in this shamanistic ritual died from inhaling toad venom from the buffo alvalarius. Do we know, you guys know a lot about ritual. Is toad venom, is this something that would be commonly used in a sexual practice? I've never heard of venom being used like this. Snake venom, toad venom. I also didn't really know that toads had venom. I thought they were nothing but cute uh, little jumpy creatures. But is this a sexual thing? This was not a sexual ritual. Oh, I bet you. At a certain point, because right here, if you look at this, also known as the Colorado River Toad or the Sonoran Desert Toad, the amphibian releases a venom called 5-MeO-DMT, which is known to have hallucinogenic effects. Ah. So I imagine what they did was like, you're supposed to get like a hit of it or a certain level of hit of it where it allows you to just see nine dicks. <laughs> right. Okay. On yourself. So it is it's like, about expanding your own sexuality. It is like that Simpsons episode. I believe Homer licked a frog, had hallucinations. Now, of course, Homer licked that frog. He did not shove that frog up his asshole. Do we know? <laughs> did they just take this frog, stretch it out, and shove it up their buttholes? <laughs> Do we Wait, know what happened? You got to milk the f- toad. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. No, you have to milk the toad. And then okay, who? Okay, it's who DMT. Here? You milk the toad for DMT. Who here has the smallest hands? Samantha? <laughs> Samantha? You're on milking the toad duty. Oh, that's perfect because I just got off the set of milking the toad for. <laughs> and the toad is just... Oh. I think I'd be a good porn star called the toad. I, I believe If I shaved that. my whole body... Right? And they got into a new weird arcane, like, swamp porn, where it's all just about, like, a Cajun woman is lost out in oh, the Everglades. Oh, my goodness. Oh, where and am then, I? I don't but, know. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, Ribbit. Oh, my gosh. Is that the... Is that the toad? <laughs> Couldn't help but notice you look lost in the swamp, man. I'm, I'm so lost. I, I'm so horny and lost. Oh, my God. Why am I so horny and lost? <laughs> oh, it appears that my compass... Is looking for a direction. Oh my gosh, I'm so horny. I'm getting hornier and I'm more lost than ever before. Did I say direction? Yes. I meant erection. I'm so much hornier than I was and I'm also more lost than ever before. Good. Very good. We'll have sex then? Yes. I'm hornier than ever and I'm more lost than ever before. That's really very good. Let Let me clear some of these leaves. Oh, what's that? Oh, oh my God. Ben Kissel. <laughs> Never mind, Toad. Get out I of here, Ben Kissel. Get out of here. 
Well, Nacho Vidal has his own website with his own merch. Oh. And instead of buying a Nacho Vidal dildo, which, of course, you can. You can buy sure. a Nacho Vidal dildo that is molded after his penis. You can also right. buy... Do, does it come covered in liquid cheese? <laughs> I had to do it. I am sorry. The audience would have been upset if I didn't. Uh, you can also buy a scented candle <laughs> that is made from a mold of his penis and the scent vanilla tobacco. Oh, oh, when I think I'm of, glad it's not fucking dick shaft. <laughs> I don't know. I think vanilla tobacco is the smell of balls. <laughs> My question is, is that will we ever achieve the peace that we can only be found inside of little white chicks, big black monster dicks? 15. I don't know if we'll ever find that equality in this country and we're searching for it. Yes, we are. Mm hmm. Well, you got that's the that is the murder story as far as roundtable goes. All right, but hold on a second. So the person took too much DMT and it was a drug overdose. It was a drug now, overdose. Was this person forced to take it or no? Because this is okay. So it's this manslaughter. Is, it's a this manslaughter. This is a gray area in law. I have never agreed with these stories where you're doing drugs with a bunch of people and then one person has an overdose and they blame other people. It's like it is up to you, the individual, to know how much you can consume. And if you make an oopsie on DMT, you might die. I don't think that this person who died would want these other three people prosecuted. And as far as I'm concerned, that needs to be taken into account. Mm -hmm. They said it was absolutely accidental. Then you should not charge Nacho. His dick belongs in the pictures, not behind the cell. (laughs) Unless you believe that the power and the compelling nature of Nacho Vidal in in that scenario, right? Like that he shows up, he is taken over your mind. He's filled the room with scents of vanilla, tobacco, and dick shaft. <laughs> he has shown you the secrets of how to make... I'm going to say, I'm going to put... Like, think about this. You sat there. Maybe he sits you down. He's like, have you seen? Have you seen? Up-and-comer 75? Have you seen... <laughs> Slut woman's day off. Because well, if you I hope she does get a day off every now and, day and again. Off, and you can see just the sheer puppet master ability okay. he has to make her shriek and come. Because slut woman was supposed to have a day to do stuff in her home and catch up. That was the purpose of slut woman's day off. You know, but now Nacho Vidal is in there and she's back at work. Exactly. <laughs> I, if I'm a producer, slut woman's day off, it sounds like it would be her at a desk job. Slut woman's day off, she should not be having sex with anyone. That, that movie is fundamentally flawed, and I don't like that. But wouldn't it be incredible if at Slut Woman's Day Off, it was just her down at the food kitchen? Yes. Yeah. Giving soup. Helping people. Cleaning homeless men. Every once in a while, give them one a handy. Sure. Just randomly, so they don't expect it. Absolutely. Well, the thrust of the man, well, thrust... <laughs> Pun not intended. The thrust of the manslaughter charge is that Nacho Vidal was acting as a shaman. And he told this man, who was yes. a fashion photographer, I know what I'm doing. The toad venom's going to be great. We're going to do this ritual. I know exactly how much DMT to give you. Trust me. And Nacho Vidal did not know how much DMT to give the fashion photographer. He gave him too much. And Mm -hmm. therefore, Nacho Vidal is said to be legally culpable for the death of the fashion photographer. I am not, repeat, not going to victim blame. (laughs) But you tell me that someone who convinces someone to do something that may not be safe... The profession that does that the most is a fashion photographer. Yes. Just like, go, to the edge, go to the edge. Go to the edge. Go to the edge. They su- should know that this is a lie. Yes, you exactly. lie for a living. You're a fashion photographer. We say like, no, 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 no. No, the magazine really, they want to see your nipples. They want to see the nipples. Say that. Like, we do. 
that's so I anyway, it's unfortunate that he passed. But my official decision, eh, you got to let him go. Accidents happen. Accidents do happen. Okay. So, so are we saying free, free Nacho? Free I don't Nacho. Know. I want to see. I want to be before we side with Nacho. I'd like to see a little bit more about like, you know, his social media history. I don't other things that he's said we, and done before no, the, we come out pro Nacho Vidal. The justice is blind to social media. I mean, Just in what we have here, I say free Nacho. Just so you know, Nacho Vidal in 2000, 2001, and 2003 won Best Actor for Buttman's Anal Divas, mm. Face Dance Obsession, and Back <sighs> to Evil. All right, so now this is another place where I have to point. The, you should only win the award if you're doing something that's difficult. If Buttman was in a, if it was Buttman goes to the vagina, you I would know, say, you know wow, that's unbelievable. But Buttman you know is he, he's in an anal. That's that's where Buttman belongs. How how hard would it be to maintain an erection while well, all of these people? I you know. This is when when we were applauding at 7 p.m. back in the day in the pre the pre fucking riot times when we were applauding for good things. Well, people are still I would doing think that. a lot of times of the male porn stars the bravery they have to get to just keep it up for the hours that they is, have to keep it up. It is not easy. We have met a few male porn stars and they are shook. There's PTSD <laughs> because they got to inject it with stuff. It's not fun. We've got some male porn star listeners. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we got guys listening right now. And good on you, sir. Good on you. Good ya. on you. All ya. right. So free nacho. That's my Tommy consensus. Pistol. Henry needs more uh, information. And Marcus, neutral. Neutral. Tommy God P- damn it. <laughs> I will say, Tommy Pistol's like a, like a little bit shorter than me. He's the fu- he's the coolest guy in the world. I mean, it's just he's most. P- He's mostly penis. Tommy Pistol, the porn star who is slightly shorter than you. The coolest guy in the world. (laughs) He's cool. He's a cool guy. He's a cool guy. But uh, yeah, man. It's going to be a lot. But when you have such a big penis and you're so small, which is why I'm so thankful. I'm thankful that that the that the universe just gave me what I got because that's very maintainable. Absolutely. But I feel like does he get dizzy? How much blood's getting in there? It, honestly, it's possible. Side stories, LPOTL at gmail.com. Let us know if you're a male porn star out there. Do you ever get dizzy after the flow of blood goes to your enormous cocks? Let us know. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, You can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with Horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders... I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. 
Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Okay, well, let's move on to our prepared piece for this week. Oh, what do you mean that last piece wasn't perfectly prepared? (laughs) What are you talking about, Mr. Parks? (laughs) This one is called Buried Alive for Fun and Profit. Oh, biggest fear ever. Okay, this is actually a tough one. Drowning or being buried alive? Drowning. You'd rather drown. Easily. Drowning. Easily. Absolutely, of course. Yeah, definitely. Wow. If you think otherwise, I mean, that's straight. I just like, do you like, I don't even like the idea of being halfway choked. Well, (laughs) but what about if you're buried alive, you can talk to the worms, you can talk to the snails, you can sort of befriend the underground creatures, and they're not all predators. If you're at the sea, there ain't no flounders out there, there ain't no guppy, it ain't an animated series, (laughs) you're around sharks and whales. If you're if you're buried alive, you could make friends with an earthworm. <laughs> if you are talking to earthwear or earthworms and underground animals, you're already at the point of brain death. That you, I mean, it's already too late for you, but you've, then you've spent hours of the screaming and the struggling inside of a grave. Yeah. Like, it takes, what, it's three, uh, three, and three. It's three days without water. Okay, what? Three months Are you talking shelter. about the Herman Cain economic plan? The nine, three nine, weeks. Nine? Yeah, no, three weeks without water, like uh, without food and three days without water. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, don't take you any like of that. Don't, don't take our word for any of that. <laughs> now, I'd like to think that most of our listeners already know the origin of the phrase saved by the bell. Because I know. Oh, you wake up in the morning, you get up on the morning, and you're about to go to work in on time. Yeah, you know what? That's all I remember from that theme song. In hindsight, they should have been meaner to Screech. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> they should have been know that now. In hindsight. Yeah, I'm, I know we've probably mentioned it a few times during our long tenure here in the podcast world, but to give a refresh, the phrase comes from the 19th century, when the general public had such an overwhelming fear of being buried alive on accident that inventors cleaned up on live burial prevention. I'll tell you what, I still haven't stopped being afraid no. of being buried alive. <laughs> how many people, how many deep sleepers have been sacrificed? We're going to get into that. Well, in the case of the bell, strings would be tied to the deceased person's limbs and neck, and those strings would be attached to a network of bells above ground that would ring if and when the living person trapped in the coffin started thrashing around. That's got to be scary. Because, you know, you're a grave digger. You got into this not because you wanted to be a part of the emergency services. You wanted shit to go like real slow, and you just wanted to fucking drink your sherry, right? You wanted to drink yeah. your whatever your old school booze and dig graves. And if you hear that bell going, that's the one thing. How many of them are going to really jump? Because how much paperwork is that? You know what? I'm going to, in their defense, that ain't my job. <laughs> All right? Like, I marry. I don't non-bury. It's like the Hippocratic Oath for doctors. You do no harm. But if you're, if you're a grave digger, you're not allowed to undig. That's against That's what I'm the order. Well, once the bell started ringing, the cemetery watchman was supposed to jump up and insert a tube into the coffin through a tube shaft and pump air underground using a bellows until the person inside could be dug up and saved. I think there's something fatally flawed about that method as well. <laughs> I think so. Well, the tube shaft would be metal, so it would be apart from the digging process. I don't know why they always attach it to the butthole. <laughs> Just to fill them up. You go, if, who doesn't like to be inflated like a bike tire? <laughs> but, 
the, do you remember we saw these in Edinburgh? Yeah. When we did our cemetery walks, mm-hmm. they're fairly well constructed. Like these are big ass tubes to get the the to get all of this fucking air down there to save your fucking ass. All right. Well, the problem was that since bodies naturally swell when they decompose, the bells would often give off false alarms, prompting numerous hurried disinternments followed by disgusting disappointments. (laughs) And also, that's how the pervasive comp, the, the idea of the vampire. Was constantly so they'd hear it ring, they'd go fucking dig it out, and then they'd just see like an emaciated corpse, and they're like, yeah. "Cut a head off, cut its head off," and they're <laughs> like, done without that's that, that, sir. That's uh, th- McGreenman. <laughs> this is also what happened in Jason Lives when he killed War- a Horshack. <laughs> Now, while the thought of being buried alive with only a series of strings and bells to save you is terrifying, oh. there were very good reasons why the 1800s were the heyday of methods such as this. See, in those days, cholera, a disease which causes death by dehydration due to excessive diarrhea, Ooh. spread quickly amongst the populace. So burying those who died from cholera within 24 hours of their death became common practice to prevent further spread. I love shitting, but I don't want to shit myself to death. No. You know... It's a bad way to die. Can I just... death by chocolate is never good. (laughs) No, this would be more of a death by milk if you're lactose intolerant. (laughs) Can I just say, though, the first time you... You do the diarrhea. Yes, I'm saying that. It feels good. Yeah. <laughs> it feels good. I, we've all said this. We've been saying this for years. That's your time. Mm-hmm. That's like when you have diarrhea, it's like you're taking fucking back time from your fucking boss. <laughs> Absolutely. Sitting there being like, oh, you got to work because you can go, I got to make. And then they legally can't make you work. Because what do you do? Do you shit your pants in the cubicle? <laughs> Are they, you, how would you ever get hired like, if you were referred to going to the uh, bathroom as you got to make? Oh, God. <laughs> Because then if they try to fire me, I say, well, that's my culture. That's wow. what my Hungarian if people said. If you're an employer out there, now add another question to your interview. Do you refer going to the restroom as going to make? If you do, you're not hired. However, it was discovered that some people who were thought to have died from cholera were actually just unconscious with a very low heart rate. And sometimes those people would wake up after they were thought to be deceased. Okay, but this is my question. How would they get less dehydrated when they're buried underground? How would they like, wouldn't, wouldn't, if you're, if you, even if you just have a small pitter patter, once you're buried underground, wouldn't your heart just be like, I tap, I give, this is the Kurt Angle, this is the Kurt Angle ankle lock for my, for my arteries. Once the suffocation starts, that's when the body starts fighting back with fight or flight. Like it's like, it yeah. starts fighting back automatically. The person is probably yeah. still unconscious, but it's like uh, one of those things where say somebody's in a coma and you take a pillow, and you're going to suffocate the person sure. in the coma. Who knows mm-hmm. why? I'm not asking. But you go, and you put the pillow... Don't o- you fucking even dare ask my motives. It comes <laughs> down to it. This is between me and my family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you go, and you put the pillow over the person who's in the coma. Yes. That person is still going to struggle. When Do you think? They, that doesn't mean they're going to wake up, but they're still going to struggle. Something in the lizard brain is still going to struggle hmm. against being suffocated. Is that true? I think so. You know, so, I, I think you, because you don't see that when you take them off the systems, right? A lot of times they go and it's kind of boring. It'd be kind of, I mean, unfortunately, it would be more interesting if, if you shut off the systems and they went like, yeah. there'd be a lot less people with the DNR 
You know what I mean? If they found out that when you turn off the system, you went like, God, I'm going to hell. I see it. I'm going to hell. I seem to remember in movies, people who are in comas that got smothered, they had some, they had a bodily reaction. Movies don't lie. Movies don't lie. It's on camera. Uh, I think we all know the only way to resuscitate somebody within a coma is to play them the theme song for Animaniacs. That will wake up anybody at any time, no matter their condition. Terry Schiavo! Always mentioning her. Now, most of the stories that you hear about being buried alive are apocryphal, meaning we can't confirm them. And it's not like people were being thrown into coffins all willy-nilly. In fact, the word wake comes from the days when people would wait with dead bodies to see if they would, in fact, wake up. Because sometimes they did. Interesting. Most of the time, though, dead was very obviously dead. But natural phenomena such as swelling, voice box activation through air escaping the lungs, and death erections were usually <gasps> the culprits when people appeared to be not quite dead. Hmm. Oh my God. Look yeah. at well, the size I mean, of that, that would be amazing if they went to go check to see if your grandpa was dead. And then they, they, he just, like, they're going, they're like, we think actually he might have passed. And then they all look down and see the beep. And you look at the grandpa's face and he goes, wink. It's like, <laughs> one last one. <laughs> <laughs> Just cut to grandma being like, one more ride. <laughs> right. Could you not have sex with your dead husband, please, granny? We got the grandkids right here. You don't want that to is, do that because you... <laughs> We've talked about this on the show. Natalie's job is at my very end of life. She needs to smother me to death with her breasts. That's how it goes. You don't want to have sex with a dead body with an erection because most of the time when you do that, the fluids that are inside of the body will come out through the mouth. And I want to thank Semenex for the (laughs) amount of cum that I was able to vomit on my deathbed. Wouldn't that be crazy having fucking sex with the dead guy's last erection and the very last like a fucking fadeaway shot at the buzzer. Woo. You get pregnant? I'm like <laughs> oh fucking 75 years old? Not even joking. What? Is that possible? I don't think that's possible. I think oh. semen dies with the body because as Someone soon... Someone doesn't believe in the human spirit. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people would think like, oh, that person's still alive because after you die, sometimes air escapes the lungs through the mouth and the body will go... Uh, like he's having an orgasm. <laughs> But very rarely, people would be buried alive. In 1867, a 24-year-old French woman appeared to die from cholera, and, as was thought to be prudent, her body was buried no less than 16 hours after she died. But after a fair amount of dirt was thrown on her coffin, the gravedigger started hearing knocks from the coffin, from the lid. Excuse me. Excuse me, please, <laughs> sir. Excuse me. Uh, sorry, I dig. I don't undig. So I don't undig. Yeah, you're going to have to wait there. When the coffin was opened, it was found that her heart was still beating and her eyelids were twitching. Ooh. But because she was still near death and nowhere close to a miraculous recovery, she still died the next day. Oh, man. <laughs> you still get the bill. I feel like you still end up getting a bill for fucking burying her. Unburying uh, her and then reburying. Absolutely, it's a double burial. Does someone just come with a? Does, is there someone waiting in the wings at a cemetery that just has a bow and just like, yeah, all right, there's another one. She's gonna be taken anyway. And just shoots her in the yes. head. <laughs> Now, because of this story and a few others that were, as we said, apocryphal and no better than urban legends, the fear of being buried alive became, in the Victorian mind, a very real possibility. <sighs> Even fairy tale author Hans Christian Andersen used to travel with a note card that said, 
I am not really dead. And he'd place it on the dresser next to every hotel bed where he slept. Oh, isn't that nice? We have a goth stain with us today. (laughs) (laughs) And he specifically requested that his arteries be slashed prior to burial to make damn sure he was dead. It was in his will. (laughs) This guy was a children's author. (laughs) So excited. That doctor must be so excited to get that being like, hell yeah, I could finally do something metal. Step, 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 step. I'm doing my job. There was even an organization founded by two anti-vaxxers in 1896 called the London Association for the Prevention of Premature Burial. And Wait a one second, of, this shit's been going on since 1896? Anti-vaccine, the anti-vaccine music uh, yes. movement? Yeah, um, yeah. The, they were all against the smallpox epidemic until smallpox started coming back. And then even when smallpox started coming back, they're like, I don't know about that. Would they think smallpox was just like a bunch of like actual tiny Asian people? fighting us inside of our veins like what are they do what are they talking I like small about? I like smallpox because it makes your face look like, like look like it has taste buds they were both anti-vaxxers and one of the guys said that germs don't exist well hey man I wish. <laughs> yep. No, he said that I don't believe in the germ because the germ theory was somewhat new uh, back then. And he was like, nah, I don't believe it. But they put most of their time into the anti-vax movement and the London Association for the Prevention of Premature Burial. Okay. One of those guys actually stipulated in his will that there had to be unmistakable evidence of decomposition visible before he could be cremated. I'm not against that, I guess, because we got to be sure. He had to be putrefying, yep. he said. Okay, I mean, there's okay. no, no need to in, insult the guy, but that's <laughs> fine. Well, as such, the LAPPB funded the development of safety coffins that included cotton padding so the not-quite-dead person wouldn't hurt themselves thrashing around, feeding tubes in case they woke up hungry, and in some cases, escape hatches and panes of glass so the living could check for condensation. I mean, you put a flat screen TV in there, and now you got me sold. (laughs) I mean, in the end, it's just a tiny home. (laughs) Tiny homes are just the the worst type of thing on the face of the planet. Whoever's just like, I want less, like, home. I don't understand the tiny home movement. That show makes me visibly upset. I physically want to get, I get sick when I watch tiny homes. I don't want a tiny home at all. Did you ever see the one with the seven foot tall basketball player in the tiny home with his, his, like, tiny girlfriend? Why would she torture him like that? We're not turtles. It, all, it just shows just how much. I mean, he wasn't making that decision. No. <laughs> One safety coffin constructed for Duke Ferdinand of Brunswick in 1792 had a lock on the inside. And the only key that would open that lock was in the dead Duke's own pocket. You just imagine he's buried alive. He's just like, oh, God damn it. I knew I forgot something. <laughs> God, God damn it. God, no. no! I gotta stay in the moment. It's me every single time I lose my phone. Gotta stay in the fucking present. Now, usually it was better for all involved if those in the medical profession just made sure the person going into the coffin was dead before the coffin even came into play. Yes. Because all those safety doodads are a little ridiculous for something that is essentially made to rot. Was there some religious reason why they wouldn't mess with the corpse? Because in my opinion, you just go old school mob. You put a mirror under their nose. You you stick them with a pin. Was it something like don't mess with the body? No. Not at all. Because okay. sometimes those methods didn't work. Because you really just have to do what Hans Christian Anderson has to do is like slice the corpse's throat. And some people are like super chill about that. Sure. <laughs> and what some if- people get really mad if you take their aunt 
fucking Karen and then you get a show with like, we'll make sure she's dead. I'll cut off one of her breasts and just and slap her in the face with it. And you're like, whoa, Dr. Simonson, whoa. <laughs> Seems a little extreme. Maybe whoa. just fine Don't with worry. the- Don't worry. Me, I bring in my- Don't worry, I bring in my associate. The bone splitter. <laughs> yes. Yes, I will cleave the breast. Yes. Well, you're really not all that far off. I mean, doctors oh. in the 18th and 19th century developed all sorts of methods and tools to test whether or not someone was really dead. These mm. methods have all been gathered on many websites, but the main source seems to be Buried Alive <gasps> by Jan Bondison, who is absolutely a last podcast approved author. Awesome. Jan Bondison has written all sorts of awesome books that I have on my bookshelf at home. As you see, we have here a giant dead kissel. <laughs> Get a 24 case of Bud Lights, open every one of them slowly, right beneath his nose. Then order chicken wings and play football. If he does not wake up, he, he truly is dead. <laughs> Concerning the methods for testing death one of the most popular was the tobacco enema i was not that far off (laughs) once again stumbling upon the truth marcus does this make you you're already in the enema club does this kind of make you tingle you like can you imagine just how much fucking rush you get (laughs) nicotine going up your asshole just cut to us at marcus's house for like new year's eve party and we're just like opening up the cabinets and we're like what are you doing with all this red man chewing tobacco marcus you don't even chew tobacco oh that's too wet to light on fire you need the smoke from it you know like you need dry tobacco it's going up your asshole. Well, it's the smoke. That's what's going oh. up. It's, you're not just shoving. You're not just fucking shoving chew up your fucking. Butthole. You said tobacco enema. You don't think yeah. that everyone thought that? In my mind, you take a bunch of chew and you get one of those cold brew sets, like Spring Hill Jack set. Me love your cold brew. Good work. What you do is you take that cold brew set <laughs> mm-hmm. from Spring Hill Jack coffee, fill it with chew. Make it, and then that's how you get a fucking, like, you fill it with water that soaks, and then you take that water and shoot it up your asshole. That's what I figured, and the next thing you know, your asshole is playing baseball in the major leagues, it's hitting 300, and it hit the game-winning home run of the World Series! (laughs) (laughs) Well, back in the 1700s, people believed that a reliable way to resuscitate an unconscious individual was to stick a tube in their ass and blow a bunch of tobacco smoke into the orifice. That's actually in my father's will. (laughs) (laughs) It was such a popular method that smoke enema kits were kept in public buildings with such ubiquity that they could be compared to the defibrillator kits found in most office buildings in America today. All I Great. know is, if I'm dead, you don't have to make me a reverse chimney. You, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't need any more humiliation. There was even a rhyme, which went as thus. Tobacco glister, breathe and bleed, keep warm and rub till you succeed, and spare no pains for what you do. May one day be repaid to you. You just know there's some poor kid who's just like, may I have a puff of it? (laughs) Just like, stop smoking all the corpses' assholes, please. (laughs) It was just a fucking tobacco-stained asshole calamari. That's the only thing I think about is like the pig asshole calamari, but it's all covered with fucking chew juice. But these were these were like the these are the medical professionals of the time, right? Like this isn't like local yokels. No, dude, this is. Like I mean, this was as ubiquitous as stop, drop, and roll. Oh it's my like God. they taught the tobacco enema rhyme to kids. They taught it to everybody, just so you know. Like if someone passes out, you can grab the nearest tobacco enema kit and fucking blow smoke up someone's ass and That's wake them up. Be like, 
Do you remember how back in the 80s you used to have a have to have a house fire plan? Yeah. Uh-huh. Of course. Do you think they had the same thing where they're just like, and young Billy, you will man the tobacco enema machine. And you have to choose the son to be like, remember, if I ever appear to be dead, son, you ought to remove my patriotic trousers. You ought to spread the back door of my, of my manly office. And then you, son, ought to make sure your father's dead. <laughs> that's, that's, a lot, that's a lot of responsibility I mean you know he's alive if he starts blowing smoke rings out of his ass because that, <laughs> that is a talent that could get you on the 1990s Howard Stern show but the problem with using this method to ensure that people who died of cholera were really oh, dead there was, was problems it, with it Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know we were going to go with that I, we're not still so, using this? Cholera. debunking this? Cholera was a diarrhea disease spread by diarrhea being everywhere, and tobacco enemas sometimes resulted in poopy mouth. What are we doing here? Are we fucking (laughs) siphoning a gasoline from our dead parents? Yeah, because sometimes it would just be, you know, you light the tobacco, you got the tube, you light the tobacco, you light a cigar or a cigarette or a pipe or whatever, and you just... Take a puff, inhale, and then exhale into the tube, which went into the asshole. Like you're and, siphoning uh, gas? <laughs> that's what, what are I'm you saying? talking it's... about? There's no machine that can do this. <laughs> well, that's the thing, is that there was another smoke enema device uh, that used a bellows. Yes. Ca- that was called the double blaster. Uh, I think Nacho Vidal actually was in double blaster 5, <laughs> 9, and 14. Oh, wow. They got up to 14, huh? I'll have to see how that series ends. It didn't take off, though. It did. The double blaster didn't take off. All the people getting cholera kind of put them off the tobacco enemas for a while. Uh, Mm. But the uh, lingering influence of the smoke enema is the phrase, this guy's blowing smoke up my ass. That's where it comes from. Wow. I'm alive, buddy. (laughs) Hey, buddy, I'm fucking alive here. Stop doing with the bellows, okay? That's I was trying to sleep outside. I'm a... God, I am being forcibly divorced from my wife. <laughs> Another method for testing death was tongue cranking. In hmm. one case, a doctor claimed that he revived a young woman by rhythmically yanking her tongue with forceps for three hours straight. Okay. So, three more to- hours fucking straight? Three hours straight, just yank, 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 I mean, it's kind of fun to treat her like a toad. <laughs> and she eventually woke up. So, mortuaries engineered a device that yanked the tongue for them. But, okay, I mean, honestly, that I, I'm happy it worked. That's good. That's good. He was trying everything I guess he could. so. But I guess it's the idea of making a whole sheen that just does tongue pulling that I feel like immediately is used for other purposes because I feel like you're sitting there and you're lonely in the corner. So when does the tongue pooling eventually become a coroner's penis pulling machine? Well, pretty, (laughs) pretty soon. The more high-end mortuaries, however, dabbled in galvanism. Introduced by scientist Luigi Galvini, this method involved hooking electrodes to the body, which would make the limbs twitch and convulse, wow. hopefully waking up the unconscious being in the process. I can't believe he was That's able to stumble. I can't believe he was able to stumble upon this while making linguini. That's an amazing, <laughs> amazing feat. But that's so much fun to get a dead body and then you could put it just like, let us try to see if it can dance. And then you set up all of these electrodes on it and just zap it and they just sit there and like watch the limbs flop all around. And you're like, ha, ha, ha. yes, 
He is dead. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you could do a kick-ass corpse version of Riverdance. Remember when that was all the rage? Get him kicking? Have a little good times with it. You know, the nice thing about dead actors, you don't got to pay them. No, man. Sometimes you got to pay their families, though. Actors don't have families in a However, we are we act most of the time. If you're a good enough actor, a lot of times you'll end up acting your way out of several families. Yes. And then you find a family towards the end of your life that you settle on. Absolutely. <laughs> However, the machinery for galvanism was expensive and would just as likely kill as save. Hmm. But on the plus side, the public demonstrations of galvanism with the twitching limbs and promises of restoring life were a huge inspiration for Mary Shelley while she was writing Frankenstein. Okay, cool. But speaking of mutilating the body, sometimes physicians would simply snip off fingers or toes. What is this? The beginning of the movie Dark Man? What what is happening? Even if you do wake up, you're like, couldn't you have just punched me? Why do I not have a toe anymore? They're just, they're really going for it. They'd pour scalding water on the body sometimes because they thought a dead body, and it's true, a dead body will respond to wounds differently than a living body will. Yeah. Does it have to, okay, the point, right, of all of this is to awaken the body, right? Can you tickle the toes? Yeah. Can you do something that is less mutilating if they are alive? Well, they'd done all that first. They tickled the toes they first? Tickled the toes I didn't first. see that. Yeah. I didn't see that in the documents. <laughs> or they'd burn the person's nose with the candle. They figure if a, bur- a flame to the nose didn't wake them up, nothing will. And Good it's Lord. all to see if they would twitch just a little bit. And if they twitch just a little bit, they're like, oh, okay, that person's still alive. Don't bury them yet. Okay, am I wrong here? This was like 130 years ago, right? Not long ago at all. So, like, our yep. great-grandparents probably had this done to them on their deathbed. <laughs> <laughs> Something like it, or they were just slapped around. It just depends on what your level, I think, of money and importance is, right? Mm-hmm. It depends on which hospital you ended up in. Oh, so the rich people get their fingers cut off as if they've committed a crime no, against I, the mafia. <laughs> I think they got they get that treatment. The poor get that treatment. Oh. It's the, if the rich people get the zapping machine and the tongue-pulling machine. I don't think any are good. <laughs> well, perhaps the dumbest of these methods that would most likely kill the person they were trying to save was the needle flag. I don't even... Okay. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Uh-oh. All right. In 1837, the French Academy of Sciences offered 1,500 francs to, or francs, however you want to say it, to any young scientist who could invent a foolproof death test. Where am I going to find 50 people named Frank? (laughs) 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 Well, the winner actually came up with a method that's so simple, you wonder why there was even a contest in the first place. He suggested trying a new invention that people were using to diagnose respiratory disease called the stethoscope <gasps> to listen for a heartbeat. And if there's no heartbeat, then the person's dead. Okay. That's fucking stupid. That's not fun at all. <laughs> That's I mean, the most... get, do you mean to tell me I don't get to slash a corpse throat or use the tongue puller? Dr. Zabrowski, that is much more reasonable than what you've been doing, which is openly spreading your ass cheeks over their genitalia and seeing if they like it. <laughs> yeah, I see if they'll rise the occasion because people have said that if you just look at just my butthole, you can imagine a sweet 18-year-old co-ed. But it's just the rest of me that spoils the fantasy. <laughs> but that was the winner. The losers. 
oh were, for the most part, fantastically stupid. And a singularly named German scientist named Middeldorf <laughs> came up with what was possibly the dumbest of all. Yeah, of course, my brother older Dorf, and then I got my younger Dorf, and then I'm, I'm the Middeldorf, so I do have Middeldorf problems, you know. I don't get enough respect. No one pays attention I to me. I don't understand why I was stolen by that little girl. <laughs> Middeldorf devised a method that involved a long, sharp needle attached to a little flag. And his hmm. theory was that if you really wanted to see if someone was dead, you'd plunge the needle into the patient's heart and Christ. wait for the flag to twitch. If so it you didn't, kill them. <laughs> you kill them. If it didn't, the patient was dead. If it did, then you just stabbed a living person in the heart with a needle. And then you got to deal with that. Well, I mean, it's he invented the game Risk, which I think that's great. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's he used the Langer's Deli version of making sure that someone's alive. I don't want the same little flag that's put inside of a six-foot Italian sub to be the line between me and being buried alive. Honestly, you got to keep the tomato in there, the lettuce and the I meat understand and the, the cheese. I understand a purpose. Okay. But if we were, yes, if I was experimenting with some form of vor where I was going to be made into a giant sandwich, then yes, that would be appropriate. Oh. Amazingly, a doctor named Severin Ickard actually tried it on a dead child. Ickard had declared the child deceased, but after the family expressed doubt, he jabbed the needle flag into her heart and, seeing no movement, declared her dead again. Of course, making it stranger was, I now declare this child part of Ikerstan. <laughs> and she jabs the frickin' heart with a stupid flag. And I nominate you, father of this dead child, to be president of Ikerstan. Yes, me! This, of course, was the end of the needle flag, because the family accused Ickard of killing their daughter if she wasn't already dead. They said if she wasn't dead then, she sure as fuck is now. This man is the only man dumb enough to... This man is the only one dumb enough to ever get accused of murdering someone dead. <laughs> and after a slew of bad press, the needle flag was banished forever from medical science. Thank God. Hmm. Ickard, however, actually went on to invent another method for testing death, in which a piece of paper placed near the mouth of the deceased, treated with invisible ink, would be activated upon decomposition to show the phrase, I am really dead. Just fucking use a stethoscope. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But that was useless too, because decaying teeth would produce the same chemical that activated the ink. And Ugh. European dentistry in the 1800s was not exactly what you'd call fantastic. So, Can you imagine so, just fucking imagining? I just imagine your teeth as a bunch of rotting corpses inside of your mouth, <laughs> like little lions of of dead teeth is becoming gray and brown. It's been like there's a lot of people who say that I have terrible breath and to those people i say oh how are you <laughs> thank you richard ramirez happy to have you here with us at the stinky breath meeting this guy you know maybe he was smart it seems as if he's overthinking it in a weird way right like it yeah. seems like yes. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that is such a roundabout jackassy way to figure this stuff out yeah well i mean that's the thing i think a lot of these scientists like they're looking for something to do yeah. and they're looking for a way to feel relevant so there's you know that's like come up with as many inventions no. as possible and maybe one of them will stick mm. everyone thinks of thomas edison Honestly, um, um, they were looking for a place in history as well. Like this is a time period where I think maybe I'll be talking a little bit about a school about this, but it seems to be this is a time period when they were actively trying to make the medical profession like legit, 
right? Because people were scared of doctors for so long because they said they were a bunch of grave robbers and uh, essentially uh, serial killers that would use her bodies as experimental fields. And they were correct yeah. up to a point. But then it gets, you know, but maybe if we came up with something that really helped society, it would help make people less afraid of the doctors and the morticians and the undertakers. But when it involves just sticking a tube up a guy's asshole and smoking a cigar into it, making him some form of big old stinky hookah. Yeah. I feel like that's when we're getting to the point where we're like, I don't know if this is helping. A real, a real butt limbaugh. I feel like <laughs> at this point, we watch horror movies like Human Centipede. Yeah, but yeah. if Dr. Dieter Laser was around in the 1800s, he would be a doctor. Yeah. Like it wouldn't be a horror film. Yeah, it, it would, would just be like, maybe it'll work if we shit. If there's three people, two taking dumps in one person's mouth, uh, maybe that will kill cholera no it did not <laughs> as far as the other entries in the death contest went one guy invented a pair of nipple pinchers to test the pain centers of the deceased while another claimed that there was no greater test than placing leeches on the patient's butthole nipple, you're right nipple clamp nipple clamp guy is still in business like that family <laughs> He's is still, fun yeah, yeah. that's yeah. just him going like squeeze 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 yeah. squeeze oh yeah i can't wait to do this to my fucking self but the guy putting leeches on the patient's butthole it does sound like number one he's had a he's got a bunch of leeches that he thought he could sell right back when bleeding and he had to find a way to move these leeches where he's just like oh you can put it on your, your assholes yeah you will put it on your assholes and if you don't scream you know i mean the big thing is that if the guy doesn't scream when you tell him you're gonna put a bunch of leeches on his asshole, then you know he's dead. Yeah. Or it's a guy that's who is just just trying to hurt people. <laughs> it's very possible. Also, if you're a leech, I think your first words are when you look at the butthole, Daddy? Daddy? Is that daddy? my dad? Because is it looks a- like a mouth of a leech. <laughs> or how many Pixar leeches is it like about to be put on an asshole? Just going, oh. I'm just getting too old for this shit. <laughs> Pixar needs to make a movie about leeches. They need to show love to the leech. They've saved a lot of lives, truly. I mean, they're creepy, yeah. but they have saved lives. Yeah, the leeches make it. Yeah, if you got a, a necrotizing wound, yeah, you put leeches on it. It'll eat all the dead flesh away. Yeah, you want to. I don't think uh, it's uh, true. No, wait, that's maggots. Maggots what will. A- yeah, and they still do that. That that is actually uh, yeah. You, they're mm. medical maggots. Well, wow. I don't know what school they went to, but that's fine. <laughs> Funny thing about all this panic over the dead really being dead though is that it actually gave us the word morgue. It's a, there's a lot of Damn. words when it comes from the funeral industry. All this like panic about the dead being dead. A lot of shit comes from this. Yeah, born huh. from the French word mulgel, which means to stare. It comes from the days when Parisian morgues were essentially sideshows. Man, we miss a lot of fun parts of history. We miss yeah. the darkest part. When darkness was entertainment, yeah, that's what that was this time. Yeah, as opposed to now we have shows like Live PD. You know, we're so now we don't like to <laughs> see violence. Yeah, we're beyond yeah, it. Yeah, we're, we're fancy oh now. Yeah. Yeah, sophisticated. Yeah, we didn't have people saying uh, writing t-shirts that say burn Bundy Burn outside <laughs> as he was yes. uh, electrocuted. No, we're very we're sophisticants. Mm-hmm. Well, back then, unidentified bodies were displayed behind glass so the public could view them by the thousands. And this, like all the, and this, like all macabre, ga- and this, like all macabre public gatherings in the past, came complete with a jaunty atmosphere that included souvenirs and food vendors. Yay! <laughs> Pastries specifically. 
okay. Wow. Now, okay. Now, are we talking savory or sweet pastry? I'm I'm guessing savory. Ooh, all right. I'm there. <laughs> I'm in. I prefer a savory pastry pastry as well. You know, there was a Kissel and great, 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 great Kissel. Just like, I'm just here for the pastry. <laughs> I don't even I'm care if they kill him. I don't care for the display of the dead. But I do care for how deliciously sumptuous the chunks of sausage are. These wonderful <laughs> hand pastries that are like off the color of the nails of the dead. You know, I'm going to say, and I don't want to be anti-American, but when it comes to the pastries, we're the only ones who do it sweet. I mean, yeah. we don't, we, we exclusively You're sweet. You're literally, no, You're that's not true. No, incorrect. that is not true. No, because we invented the, the Hot Pocket. We did not invent the... I, yeah, we yep. invented I, we invented the 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 idea of a microwavable savory pastry. Guys, yeah, I'd say how am I being the smart one right now? <laughs> you guys know from in Europe the savory pie that's the traditional pie. Yeah, but is it microwavable in you two minutes and assholes. ten seconds? No, it's does, does it do, does a shepherd's pie or a uh, wonderful kidney pie? Does that have a crisping sleeve? I don't think so. Doesn't have one. It's and the crisping sleeve. First of all, it's full of cancer. The crisping sleeve is cancer inducing. So. We, we did sort of take the crisping sleeve from the Nazis, <laughs> but, but besides that, hot pockets are innocent. I don't actually don't know. No, they're not I don't innocent. Know, but they they burn American. more mouths than chocolate. They burn more mouths than coffee. That's what I teaches for dinner you last patience. Night. The, teaches the, you fucking teach your big throat, teach your big <laughs> fucking stinky ass fucking gullet kissel some patience to just think for a second before you fold the, problem, the hot pocket into your whale mouth. Because <laughs> if it gets cold, it's no longer good, and if it's too hot, you can't truly taste it. You only so, have a fifteen second window to eat it. It's like a banana. It <laughs> really is. It really is, and that's why it's controversial. Well, this practice of viewing bodies was eventually frowned upon. I don't know why. Maybe somebody recognized someone in the unidentified section and freaked out. And the act of viewing dead bodies as a form of entertainment became taboo once again. The Germans took a cue from all of this with what came to be known as waiting morgues. Except the Germans called them Lichenhauses, which literally translates as... Corpse house. Ooh, I mean, this This is a strange time, though. Uh, was it Lichenhaus? Lichenhaus. It, it actually sounds. It, that's the softest I have heard a German word. That's softer <laughs> than morgue house or corpse house. So, I mean, yeah. to their credit, it, they were. It was kind of nice sounding. Yeah. I mean, Lebensraum has a lot. Like that sounds like a nice word, but it has a very dark history to it yeah a lot of stuff that you find out a lot of stuff in that time period you find out really does because technically Liebenstraw means living room which is nice (laughs) I mean I like my living room you know but I don't think that my living room needs to like go past like into Poland and like all all throughout Europe you know what I mean that's where some people's families were a part of those systems Yeah. yeah absolutely in the lichen house, corpses would lie on trays surrounded by fragrant flowers to hide the smell of decomposition, which oh. is where we get the practice of having flowers at funerals today. What the fuck? Oh. It all comes from this weird ass time? Yeah. Even though the smell issue is largely taken care of. But yeah, that's where flowers at funerals come from, because the corpses used to stink really badly before modern yeah. embalming techniques. Before using flowers, they used to just cover it in stew. So oh. that the smell of the marinating onions and beets would actually cover up the corpse. But apparently, it just ruined stew for about a decade, where yes. they never once stopped eating stew. 
But then when the stew stocks dropped, that's when all of Big Stew got involved because Big Stew was like a big arm of the feudal system at the time. Mm-hmm. I love stew. But the purpose of the Lycan House was to wait for putrefaction, i.e. the liquefying of a body. Because once something putrefies, you know it's dead. Did they bet mm-hmm. on it like marble racing? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a week. It takes a, it took about a week in German Germany, you know. It it it's different times for different uh, seasons. T- different seasons, different climates, you know, someone will putrefy much faster in say Colombia than they will in Norway. Sure. According I to I hope so. <laughs> yeah. According to records, however, not a single person was ever discovered still alive in a German lichen house. Definitely not, because if they were, they were immediately killed again. <laughs> immediately killed. Long before these tests were made, however, horrific stories of people being buried alive did exist. Although, as we know, record keeping on these sorts of things are unreliable. Take, for example, the story of Alice Bunden in 1656. Bunden was a body, not-so-well-liked alcoholic who one day decided to experiment with poppy water, which is essentially opium juice. Oh, sure. Cool. She became so intoxicated on this poppy water that she fell into a sleep deep enough where it was indistinguishable from death. That is not good. No. <laughs> that is not good. That's how Jackie's been talking about it recently. She's on, like, a new cocktail for sleep. She's like, you really got to do this thing that I've been doing. I was like, oh, what do you be doing? She's like... <clears throat> I take like 10 milligrams melatonin, a couple of milligrams of indica edibles. I do this, 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 and then I just sleep for like the dead for like 10 <laughs> hours. I was like, you would be buried alive. Yeah, I think it's called the Marilyn Monroe. Is that <laughs> it? It seems as if maybe they wanted her dead and they wished her dead to the point where they just said, let's pretend. You're absolutely right. Let's just bury her. Yeah, you're- yeah. <laughs> and they, the excuse they gave was that like, oh, wow, this is like the height of summer and boy, she's going to start stinking so fast we better get her in the ground like now like now now today now this is our chance (laughs) this is our chance get it out yeah they fast track the burial a few days after she was buried though a couple of boys playing in the graveyard heard a voice coming from under the ground it was alice blunden who had finally sobered up from her opium bender hey i'm supposed to go and help I'm supposed to go to the sausage festival, but now I'm all in a butcher day. Hey. Just waking up hungover in a grave. She was probably pretty grumpy. But by the time someone believed the children and the coffin was exhumed, Alice Blunden was a bloody mess, having torn out her own mouth into a muddle of bloody gore in the panic. Whoa, jeez. Wow. How does that even happen? How do you tear out your own mouth? Trying to gasp, like just gasping and just fucking tearing, trying, oh. like it's a weird primal thing that, you know, uh-uh. people say like happens fairly often in these uh, cases. Damn. Great. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess the community you got asked. what they you were wanted. You the one who asked. I asked. <laughs> I did ask. Damn. Okay. But as scary as all this is, there have also been people who have buried themselves alive for fun and profit. Ah. Now, plenty of Indian yogis have buried themselves alive for extended periods of time and survived through slowing their breathing and heart rates. Yeah, David Blaine did it. He did do it. That's the thing, is that this these techniques were adopted by escapists like David Blaine and, more famously, Harry Houdini for Buried Alive acts throughout the years. And Hannibal Lecter in the first Hannibal, or uh, in uh, Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. But many times, 
escapists have discovered that they are no Houdini. That's rough, man. And that's a bad way to find out that you're not one. No, no, I'm a real Poudini. In, in 1977, a radio DJ for WXLW okay. Indianapolis. Hold in, on. <laughs> you have, so a radio DJ? Okay, well, he moonlighted as an escapist. <laughs> this is my thing. If you're going to be an escapist and you're going to threaten your life, I feel like it should be a full-time Pursue. Yeah, you're you're working you in ra- drive radio. You're <laughs> up at four a.m. Like you got, you, you're too tired to come up with all of the back up plans. Hell no, for your escapism. I tried telling that to Bill Shark live mornings WXLW Indianapolis. What <laughs> day, by day a DJ by night an escapist. In nineteen seventy seven, usually that just means alcoholic <laughs> or uh, radio DJs. I gotta. I have to be drunk by seven o'clock because I gotta be up at four. <laughs> I gotta be up at four because you tell me I just got an earlier night than you do, friend. Yeah. Great thing is I'm getting peak drunk at happy hour, so I'm actually saving money if you think about it. Well, this guy Bill Shirk buried himself alive for seventy nine hours with a ten foot python, two tarantulas, and a rattle snake it's such a morning zoo thing to do <laughs> hey man this is the trying to fucking you gotta carve a corner for yourself in this life yeah. i know that one went great though it did he did it for charity he even got a donation from jimmy carter and it, did, it did pretty good great and building wow. off that small amount of fame shirk starred as himself in a movie called the escapist which had pretty much the same plot as uhf except it was a radio station and the final act was shirk escaping from a straitjacket while being hung upside down from a helicopter 1600 feet up and he actually I'm did remaking it. this movie i am remaking this movie yeah, as a Fucking I, I drive time radio DJ. That is so funny. Yeah, it's, it's, the idea of like everyone cheering the the radio DJ as he's hovering from a helicopter sixteen hundred feet up. That's a great way to end a movie. Yeah, I like this. I, I'm I'm getting and then he releases the fucking straight jacket and just plummets straight down to the ocean. Wow. Well, let me. Do you guys want to hear the crawl that went at the beginning of The Escapist to kind of get you up to speed on the, uh, the story? I'd love to. Absolutely. Bill Shirk had dreams. Dreams that he and his brother Harden would become masters of escape like the great Houdini. Then Harden was critically burned in a high-speed powerboat crack-up. What? But the dream was put aside. Now Shirk is faced with the loss of his small radio station to a huge financial syndicate. He is forced to revive the dream and to learn there is a time when dreams become nightmares. (laughs) I need to fucking see this movie. The Escapist starring Bill Shirk in a theater near you, summer 1983. Uh, You know, I am totally in love with this movie. I I love love this movie. But Shirk's luck almost ran out in 1992 when he performed a stunt in which he was buried handcuffed in a plexiglass coffin under seven tons of dirt and concrete on the 66th anniversary of Harry Houdini's death. I'm going to put it this way. All right, this is the thing, right? I don't know if you guys haven't heard this in a long time, all right? But this is, this is a primer, all right? When I go in there and for appears to be dead, what I need you to do, all right? And this is Bill talking. You know Bill. Love right. Bill. Love you, Bill. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you, Toby, weather guy. Yep. Yeah, Toby, listen. Hey, Food Bill, Bill I'm going to make you laugh really quick. It's 69 and cloudy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Toby, I'm going to miss you. <laughs> because if I don't survive, what I'm going to need to do to make sure that I live, I'm going to need you to spread old, open my fucking asshole. Yeah. I'm going to need to light a Marlboro light. I want you to blow it in there and make sure I'm alive, all right? Uh, all right. Toby? Yeah. <laughs> gotcha, cunt. <laughs> all I know is your last word should never be, I guess it's a young man's game. <laughs> this dude seems a little too old to be doing this. Yeah, it almost became the date of his death as well. Because while the concrete was being poured, the lid of the coffin very visibly collapsed under the weight. Yeah. I'll play the video <laughs> next time. Uh, it's my mandate on last stream on the left. Uh, it's fucking terrifying. I think this is pretty famous, right? Yeah, yeah I recall, yeah. Thankfully, though, a backhoe quickly dug him out, covered in wet cement, but still alive. And today, you can buy his DVDs from his website for the low price of 40 bucks a pop. And don't That's forget, it? you can also watch Nacho in Backhoe, where indeed <laughs> she does do it yes. in the butt. His dick's so long, he could pull his dick back behind his balls and fuck a woman <laughs> from the angle of his ass. She put her pussy up against his asshole. His dick is so long that his dick goes past his asshole into her pussy. It's a great movie. I love that scene where he's going to the bank and they don't know he's having sex with a woman at the same time. They don't know because she's got a donkey costume on it just looks like he brought his donkey to the fucking bank because that happens yeah. in certain It's horrible places. to masturbate too because you don't really see anything. But. The amazing Joe, however, was not as lucky as Bill Shirk. So Bill Shirk, mm. he did survive. He survived and, and went on to do stuff. He still does stunts to this day. Oh, he's still around. He's still, oh, yeah, I want right. to talk to I want to talk to Bill Shirk. We can I want him for a fucking Patreon interview. I want to speak with him. We absolutely can talk to that. He's he's got a whole website. I think Bill is available. Great. Yeah, he owns his own network of uh, radio stations well, in Indianapolis. Yeah, good, he does good. Good for him. He hasn't said anything too horrible, right? No, As, he's a radio DJ in Indianapolis. He hasn't said anything <laughs> horrible at all, Henry. Well, of course he has. <laughs> Well, the amazing Joe was not as lucky as oh, Bill Shirk. He got too cocky. Uh, yeah. On Halloween 1990, Joseph Burris, a.k.a. the Amazing Joe, tried the Buried Alive Act in Fresno, California at a miniature golf course and go-kart track called Blackbeard's Family Fun Center. Oh, yeah. I think I've heard hmm. of that. Yeah, name it after a famous uh, rapist and murderer. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Of course, yeah, Blackbeard. Yeah, it's always what I think of a family fun. Yeah, <laughs> you're a horrible father. Can't we just can't we just play mini golf? Do we need this right now? It's mini golf. I'm just gonna tell you all a little lesson about Blackbeard and how it got so black. <laughs> the exact same thing happened to the coffin lid. It collapsed, but this time the amazing Joe, who said he was better than Houdini just before he went <sighs> underground, didn't have a backhoe. And he was drowned in wet cement in a seven-foot grave right next to the go-karts. Well, ooh, that is that's just not good. No, it's <laughs> you have to have safety precautions in place. Yeah, what happened? This he, guy. he didn't have them. He was too. He was cocky. Yeah. Can there be a legal precedent that if your name is the amazing whatever, and you are buried alive in a uh, sea of concrete that you set up yourself, that you change the name legally afterwards to like? The mediocre Joe. <laughs> yeah. Or the unfortunately now dead Joe. The unfortunate Joe. Because I don't think that you're that amazing if you've become a part of the infrastructure of a miniature golf course <laughs> no. by your choice. With any with any luck, they can kind of sculpt it to make it look like Han Solo. Just be like, look at that. That's kind of cool. Today, though, there are actually people of our generation burying themselves alive for fun under the supervision of a startup called Monochrome. 
These mm. people invite others to participate in their performance art piece by being buried alive for 15 to 20 minutes. Okay, but I would assume that this is done safely. It's done safely. Of course okay. it's done safely. In 2010, they actually took it even further for a concept called the Six Feet Under Club. In this art piece, they parked a dumpster full of dirt across the street from a church. Then they popped a coffin into the dirt, placed a couple inside with an infrared camera, buried it, and projected the sweaty copulation happening inside the fuck coffin on the opposite wall. Fuck yeah, dude. This was, that is the most goth shit of the face of the planet. There's so many girls and men that would fucking freak out for something like that. We were in a recession. We had so much to do in 2010. This is San Francisco. What does that mean? <laughs> we were still, that's, what they do. that's what they do They're in freaky. San Francisco. <sighs> They're freaky, man. That's what they do. That's how they protest. That's how they live. Oh. All right. They- and from what people who were at the event said, the couples who participated, which included a hetero couple and two female sex workers with a strap on, came Sweet. out satisfied, having completely and thoroughly fucked the fear away. Great. I love wow. that. I love that. I think Peaches uh, sings about that in one of her songs. <laughs> uh, fuck the pain. Yeah, one of her. Yeah, one of her serious songs. Yes. Th- talking about the nature of love. Well, I really hope that I am not uh, buried alive. We'll make sure. We will make sure it won't happen. We'll put a pineapple up your ass. We'll make sure nothing happens to you. Thank you all so much for listening and learning with us on this episode. Mm -hmm. It is so strange how these common phrases such as a television show made for children saved by the bell come from the macabre. Yeah, this is we talk about this all the time where it's like, are we in like the strangest timeline where true crime is super popular? And she's like, I think folks have been into this stuff forever. Yep. Uh, We might be more or we might be the least true crimey people yet. I mean, for this timeline to happen, everything had to come before. So there yeah. are other timelines where uh, none of this, no one ever got involved with true crime. Wow. So remember, when you hear Saved by the Bell or what's the other? Blow smoke up your Blow ass. Blow smoke up your Blow ass. Blow smoke up your ass. Yeah. I love the, yeah, man. I feel like we should go back to doing it. We could. I bet you could, in L.A., you could find someone to give you a tobacco enema before the sun goes down. Yeah, you just I'm going to put go, in my will. You have, to go, you have to go to the brothel, Milton Burroughs brothel, and yep. uh, yeah, they'll just do that for you for $600. What's great about Milton Burroughs brothel is that if you have old school marble points, you can get a fucking handy from any one of those old <laughs> Jewish men that's in there, man, because no. they'll, they'll take it. I kind of wanted the canoe. Um, All right. Thank you all so much for listening. Our hearts are with you. We hope you're doing okay. Staying safe. Please Um, stay safe. Um, Keep the keep the movement flowing. Uh, Act blue. It's a good way to toss some cash at this point in time of the various different sources. Uh, There's a lot of shit going on and we're going to do our best to keep you abreast of the situation as, as far as we can tell. And you didn't like even laugh word. when you said the word abreast. I didn't I'm so proud of you. All right, everyone. Yeah. Hang in there. We're going to get through this together as always. And yeah. uh, congratulations. Ten years uh, for Roundtable. We miss everyone. And thank you all so much for supporting that show. And obviously, again, R.A.P.K.B. It's been, I miss can't, KB. we are getting, oh, time is happening. Yeah. I forget every day until I found out the Olsen twins are almost 30. Um, <laughs> all right, Yeah, everyone. we were talking about that. Ed and I I were talking about roundtable the other day and it was just like because he talked about he's like how he knows it's 10 years is that episode three 
happened the day after his hernia surgery. And I was like, that truly is, we've said this on the show, a, a, mem- a memory in long fat man history where he remembers it from his fucking fat man injury for surgery. Uh, no, that's uh, good. He had to get. Roundtable truly is, I mean, hell, the 10th anniversary of Roundtable is pretty much the, the 10th anniversary of the network. Because that, that was the first show. That was the uh, one that brought us all together. That's, that's where all this started. So, you know, those I know there's some of you out there that have been listening since that time since Dang. the fucking basement. So, uh, yeah. thank you very much for uh, for supporting us all these years. Uh, and, of and if you want to, and if you want to support what's going on right now, I I did a, I put out a tweet for uh, a place for uh, people to donate money. It, it kind of distributes money across a lot of causes. So if you can't go out Act and uh, if you can't go out yeah, and protest, then you know this is this is the way to help. Even if like you can give like five bucks or something, that every little bit helps. Absolutely, we're on your side. Oh. Yeah, we're on your side, and we absolutely love you. And honestly, we wouldn't be here today i mean i feel honestly i feel emotional well, because we did make it to fucking 10 years and it, it's a thing and y'all been here this whole time and we hope that we can be here for you we can't during this time we're trying to figure out how to fucking oh, d- deal with this country. all right yeah. the audience feels very uncomfortable when you're being emotional henry so let's not <laughs> technically technically henry is a chuckle hutter he's, i mean that's yeah, the thing. he's, he's a, a, chuckle a chuckle hutter who graduated so he, me and you grad, always have right. that over him. <laughs> <You> <laughs> um, all right everyone thank you so much for the support and again everything on roundtable was said many years ago so take that with a great assault <laughs> all right hail yourselves everyone hail satan hail again magoostalations don't forget about Satan. He's out there, man. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Tell me. Yeah. Don't forget about him. Don't sleep he on him. He could be doing a little bit better, though, couldn't he? Yeah. Uh, he's kind of, yeah, he seems to really he's not be uh, t- too much involved for somebody that's not, uh, for not real. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. 